Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Great to be with you on a Thursday. We'll have a lot going on today. Our high school football roundtable at 335 today. We'll be talking about Sealands Grove and Shikolemi and Milton and Lewisburg. Greg Wetzel's going to be on board, Zach Showers, and we believe there's a representative of the Shikolemi broadcast on as well. Has since been confirmed. Okay, who would we get, like the fan of the week? or? <laughs> no, it'll be the guy in the broadcast booth. Oh, good. The coach to court. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> now we'll actually have the guy doing the play-by-play. Oh. Well, I, it, still, we're not sure then. Okay. Uh, all right. And then uh, Alan Moth is going to join us from the uh, Journal Record, who covers Kent State. We're going to hear from him and Audrey Snyder from The Athletic, all on today's show. Sean is out today uh, taking a break. So Mac Trillo is here. Good to be back with you, Steve. It's good to be have you back, Matt. Good to have you back. Good to be back. And uh, doing a terrific job as always. And fans of the suit are wondering if he will be on the show today. I can assure both of you he'll be around. (laughs) What? (laughs) No more detail. Make it sound like it was some evil intent. I paid. I thought I paid the proper homage. All right. So, um, yeah, get into something that's a little bit out of the Phillies aren't playing well. So let's okay. We got that part down. Uh, it's just this is. It's not 1964 all over again. It's not that. Okay, but. It you know when you know you're you're ahead of time and then all of a sudden you exceed expectations and you get rolling you're like okay this is pretty good you got a chance to win it got a chance to make the playoffs and then all of a sudden things are not quite going the way you hoped there is disappointment there's no question all right now we've established that let's get into this before uh, then we hit the high school football stuff there's been a lot of talk nationally about the group of five in college football. Okay? And, you know, do they get a fair shot with an opportunity to play for the college football playoff? And, of course, it was accentuated even more so by Central Florida, of course, going undefeated last season. And Central Florida eventually declared themselves the national champion, and they've got it up on their press box at Bright House Stadium. And that's fine. They can do that. So there's been talk about, well, okay, if they really are not getting a fair shot 
at the national championship, should they then have their own group of five playoff uh, to uh, to then have the ability to at least not say they're a national champion, but to give themselves a four-team playoff because really there are only 65 teams that can compete for the national championship. Okay. You know how I feel. I'm not really big on, hey, let's give everybody a trophy here. Uh, and I think that if they went with a group of five playoff to then determine who's the best team in the group of five, whether it's Central Florida, Houston, whomever it may be, all right, I think it cheapens the entire season when you do that. And I also think that that brings with it the second-tier status that they're fighting against to begin with anyway. Because now you're looking at second-tier status because they put together a second-tier playoff. And we've got enough playoffs right now. We have enough playoffs. If they want to expand the college football playoff, I'm not for it at this moment. But if they wanted to do that and you know include a group of five teams, fine. It's just, I don't believe in, in this automatic... Uh, in the you know you're the group of you know you're an undefeated group of five team you should be in, in the playoff no you should not be and the reason you shouldn't be is okay and it's not your fault but my goodness you don't play the schedule Ohio State plays you don't play the schedule Penn State plays you don't play the schedule that Alabama plays you don't play the schedule that Clemson plays you don't Clemson just played Texas A&M well okay. They're not done yet. They've still got to play South Carolina, Virginia Tech. I mean, you go on and on and on with the teams that have to play. Penn State's supposed to play Ohio State, Michigan State, Michigan, Wisconsin. I mean, really, you're Central Florida. You're going to tell me that Central Florida last year would have survived playing Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan State, and Michigan and Wisconsin. You think they had to survive that? They would have been undefeated? There is no way on the planet that have been undefeated. They'd have been under 500 again in those five games. No way. Wisconsin would have beaten them up. Beaten them up. They would never have been able to contain Saquon Barkley. I don't care about the Auburn game. Okay? Auburn lost the SEC championship game. You've already got a team that's down and out playing in that game. That's the biggest advantage that the that the group of five teams have when they get to that bowl game. Houston against Florida State. Auburn against. Um, uh, against Central Florida. I remember talking with Matt LePay at Wisconsin when Penn State won the Big Ten Championship, and Matt and I were chit-chatting after the game, and I said, you know, I said, you guys are in a terrible spot. I said, they're going to stick you in the, you know, it wasn't official yet, I said, they're going to stick you in the Cobb Bowl against Western Michigan. I said, and where's your motivation? I mean, if you beat them, nobody is going to care. I said, if you lose to them, everybody's going to sit there and go, oh, well, what's wrong with you? I said, you've got everything to lose in that game and zero to gain. The Power the power 5 team has zero to gain in that game. Now, Wisconsin did win the game. They beat Western Michigan, handed them their first loss of the season. Right? They went out, played their game. But Houston did beat Florida State. Central Florida did beat Auburn. But that team that's playing in that game is in the worst spot of all because, number one, each team that enters that game is coming off a loss where they had a high-stakes opportunity 
Florida State played in the ACC championship game, lost, went to the Peach Bowl. Houston beat it. Not saying these teams aren't good. They are good. They're good enough to win a game. The question is, can they win? Okay, can they go through a conference and win nine games? Okay, they can't go through a conference and win nine games. They're not deep enough, and they're not they're not enough in almost every area to win nine of those games. They can win a game, they can win two games maybe, but they can't go and they can't compete for all nine games. They can't do it. Hey, it's. Terrific. I got Memphis this week. Then I got Temple. Then I got SMU. Oh, okay. Now, if SMU is on Penn State's schedule, is it a big deal to you? No. Okay. If Memphis is on Penn State's schedule, is it a big deal to you? No. I mean, that, that's the part they don't seem to understand. They can win a game. Boise can beat Oklahoma. In fact, Boise State has Oklahoma State this week. They can beat Oklahoma. Hey, raw for the little guy. Great. But... They can do it for a game, and every time they play that game, it is against a team that has already lost a high-stakes game. If Auburn beats Georgia, Auburn probably has an excellent chance of being in the college football playoff. Lost the game. Now you've got to regroup to play the game against a team that has won all of its games, including its conference championship game. Every time that these group of five teams play, they always play a team that has lost its high-stakes game. Wisconsin lost its high-stakes game to Penn State with a chance to go to the Rose Bowl. Now they're in the Cotton Bowl. Great. Now it's Western Michigan. Great. To their credit, they won. But that's the advantage they have. They have enough talent to win a game. And they have enough talent to win a game against a team that's already down and out and has already seen their highest stakes game go by the boards. Now there's been some talk of, well, maybe the group of five should have their own playoff. No. You know what? Let's not cheapen the product any more so, okay? And that would cheapen the product. And it would also reinforce the perception that you are a second tier. Now, the reality is they are a second tier. Hey, that's the reality. Doesn't mean they can't win games. They can win games. There's no question they can win games. The the problem that they have in that tier is that it's not that they can win a game or a couple games. There's no question they can. There's enough talent to be spread around the group of five where they can win a game or a couple games. The problem would be facing nine of these kind of games. You know, or you've got to go. Let you know. Suddenly, you've got to go from playing, say, Central Florida's in the Eastern Division of the SEC. Well, now you have to play Georgia, and you have to play South Carolina, and you have to play Tennessee. You have to play Florida. You have to play. You know. So now you get, and then you get two crossover games. Those two crossover games might be Alabama and Mississippi State. You know, what if you're Central Florida's in the in the uh, Big Ten East? Well, you got to play Penn State. You got to play Ohio State. You got to play Michigan. You got to play Michigan State. Your crossover game might be Wisconsin. You're going to tell me they're going to go undefeated against that group? There's no way on the planet they're going undefeated in that group. And again, if Central Florida's on your schedule, okay, you're not sitting there as a fan saying, "I can't wait to get season tickets to see that one." Now you put Auburn on the schedule, 
And you have people saying, I can't wait to see that game in Beaver Stadium. I can't wait to see Penn State go to the Plains. You put Central Florida on there, or Houston or whatever, even though they're really good teams, they don't excite the fan base at all. Not in the least. Central Florida came in a couple years ago against Bill O'Brien with Blake Bortles at quarterback. You know, and Bortles has gone from having a terrific year at Central Florida then being, a, what, the third overall pick of the draft and now at least getting his team to the AFC Championship game where they gave the Patriots all they could handle. Okay? Do you think any fan here is like, oh, yeah, Central Florida is great. When's Ohio State coming in? When's Michigan coming in? When's Michigan State coming in? When's Wisconsin coming in? Okay. Those games don't excite the populace. They don't. Virginia Tech's going to come in here in 20. Actually, I think Virginia Tech is going to be it's going to be on the road in 20. I think they're here in 25, maybe? Something like that. But eventually, Auburn, Virginia Tech, West Virginia, they're all going to be here. All Power 5 schools. That'll get the population excited. On top of having Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, and whatever crossover games come with it down the road. You know, one year Penn State opens the season with Wisconsin. I want to say it's in 2020 they do. All right, high school roundtables coming up. Al Moss coming up as well from the uh, Courier Record at Kent State. And also Audrey Snyder from The Athletic. As we continue with more, today's show driven by our good friends at... Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Keywords 11 to 15 in Hummel's Wharf on News Radio 1070 WKOK. All right, Penn State, Kent State coming up Saturday, Beaver Stadium. Noon will be the kickoff, and the airtime is 10.30 here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. And uh, Alan Moff will be joining us from the... Uh, Courier record to discuss the game and uh, give us more of a perspective on Kent State and uh, find out more from him. And also, Audrey Snyder from The Athletic is going to join us today as well. Our high school roundtables in the next half hour, and uh, it's going to center around two games. It's going to center around completely on Shikolemi and Sealands Grove and Lewisburg and Milton. Greg Wetzel is going to join us in the studio. Zach Showers and Kevin Herr will all be joining us for that and more. So looking forward to that. That should be a fun segment today with the backyard, good old-fashioned backyard scraps taking place. Yeah. The... Uh, Marlins and the Mets are in the first. It is scoreless. Colorado leads Arizona 1-0. Bottom of the first. That's in Denver today. Of course, 405. The Cubs and Washington play. And again, uh, for the uh, Phillies, it is... I'm not going to call it a collapse. It's, it's it, Look, they're just a young team that just isn't quite there yet. But gee was they're close. I think it sets up. I feel like the division now is set up where the next three years minimum, it's Braves and Phillies. Uh, the Nationals, I think, have played their way out of it. 
We'll see what happens with Bryce Harper in the offseason. But the Braves and the Phillies are both tracked to be really good for the next three years. Now, that's fun. That's fun. Okay, next half hour, our high school roundtable. Greg Wetzel is going to preview Lewisburg and Milton. Zach Showers will give us the Sealands Grove perspective. Kevin Hur the Shikolemi perspective. Then Alan Moff at 4.06 today. Join us from the Kent State Journal record. And Audrey Snyder from The Athletic in the final half hour. A lot going on today, and it's great to have you on board with us. Driven today by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors KO, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf on News Radio 1070 WKOK. CBS News Update. The latest report on Hurricane Florence still has it as a downgraded Category 2 storm with 105-mile-per-hour sustained winds and a projected landfall tomorrow morning on the North Carolina coast. North Carolina Governor Roy Cooper. Whether the eye of the storm makes landfall along our shores or further south, we're on the wrong side of this thing. This storm will bring destruction. North Carolina. Weather Service meteorologist John Qualiarello. There will be a prolonged period of damaging winds in this area with tropical storm force winds expected for nearly two days and hurricane winds expected much of Friday and Friday evening. And they expect Florence to scoot south along the coast before turning inland into South Carolina. If this storm stalls, as many forecasters predict, it's going to be the, the dumping of rain. You know, we hear the estimates 20, 30, 40 inches of rain, and that's going to create a lot of flooding issues uh, here and for miles inland. CBS News Update, I'm Jim Shanavu. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. And indeed, this show is driven by Sunbury Motors. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. All right, let's get to our high school roundtables. Terrific games around the area. Two in particular that will draw our attention. Let's start with, uh, we'll split this up. We'll get the Sealands Grove perspective because you can't put Zach and Kevin in the same room together. Not in this particular week. Zach Showers to join us. Zach, welcome. Great to have you with us. Hey, thanks for having me back again. All right, Zach, let's start with this. Give me an evaluation of where you think Sealands Grove is now three weeks into the season. I, I think it's a big question mark right now, to be honest. Um, I think they have seen some positives out of the first two weeks. Um, it's it's awfully hard to gauge a lot from last week's loss against Southern Columbia. Um, they were a phenomenal team. Um, there wasn't uh, wasn't a lot that went on. I think this is a team right now that when healthy, they feel confident with their defense. Uh, they're still struggling right now to develop some offensive linemen, whether that's um, just injuries or play. Um, so they're at, a, they're at a crossroads right now. I think this is a great time to have a game against Shikalimi, um, who's also having some of those same struggles that hopefully they can come out and get a win on Friday night and um, grow along with that. 
How tough is it for a program that has scored a lot of points over the years? Salem's Grove has scored a lot of points over the year to now suddenly struggle to find points. I I, I think it's it's a struggle. Um, I think the the hardest thing right now is just the past couple of years. Salem's Grove has had a lot of guys that they could rely on, and they knew what they were going to get on a weekly basis from Logan Leiby and Jared Inch and Ricky Cope. And right now it's not that there isn't talent out there. It's a matter of just having some young guys in, in key positions and um, injuries. I mean, talking about scoring points, this is the last week was the first time that Seelens Grove was shut out since 2013. Um, so they've been, they have been used to scoring points. But I think the good thing is, is as guys are getting healthy, as um, as as some of these young guys are getting meaningful stats, um, they they are starting to develop, and you are starting to see guys that you can rely on um, on a weekly basis. Okay, so let's get to the matchup now with Shikolemi, because obviously Shikolemi has really struggled to uh, uh, to uh, find points um, to the point where we can't play any Kevin's highlights. There, there haven't been any. Um, so and that's not a joke. Unfortunately, that's the truth. Right. Uh, so what about this game? I mean, how important will it be to play with the lead in this game? I, I think it's important. I mean, you look at both teams. Um, Salem's Grove hasn't scored a point in the last four quarters. Um, no disrespect to Shikalemi, like you said, um, they have not scored a point in the last 11 quarters of football. Um, so both of these teams um, are going to come up fired up. Salem's Grove and Shikalemi been gone for um, this is the 61st career meeting between those two um, it, it's big because at times um, last week um, Salem's Grove really struggled getting down early and you knew that they were going to have to do some things out of their comfort zone to try to make plays and it just didn't happen um, so to be able to come out and get a lead um, and to be able to have your defense sit back and hopefully um, I think football is one of those games where you can start having um, those mental feelings of hey we're in the same place we were last week we're in the same place we were the past couple weeks so I think the team that can get the can get an early lead um, you start having to have some of those thoughts linger for the past couple weeks so I think it would be big for Salem's Grove to to get the passing game going Um, last week um, they struggled a little bit with that they just had um, Danny Schock just had 57 yards passing and on the running game for Salem's Grove has really struggled as well. Um, Joe Kahn, who had over a thousand yards, just has had no holes to run through this year. So um, to get a lead would be huge and to be able to um, just feel good about the rest of the season moving on to uh, week five after this week. Zach, always a pleasure. Thanks so much. By the way, we hope the baby's doing really well. He is. Thanks a lot. That, that's great. Terrific. Let's bring, uh, we'll get the Shikalemi perspective in a few moments. Uh, let's get to uh, Lewisburg and Milton, and Greg Wetzel joins us in the studio. Greg, welcome back. Uh, thanks a lot for coming in. We appreciate the time. No problem. Thank you. All right, so same story. I'll start with uh, the same area where I asked Zach. All right, we're, we're three weeks into this thing now. Where is Lewisburg in your mind? They're injured. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that's that's the big news, I think, right now is – Losing last week um, and how they bounced back from that game. Mentally, I think uh, that's that. it's going to be important for them to get out to a lead this week against Milton. 
uh, and get in a comfort zone with their with their offense. Defensively, they're going to be okay, I believe, but they're just banged up right now. Their quarterback's banged up. He's probably a game-time decision. Uh, they have a wide receiver that's out for five, six games or leading wide receiver. So they're going to re- rely more heavily probably on their running game right now, Max Moyers. Right. Injured, banged up at this particular point. Um, when they've had injuries, do they have the depth to compensate for it, or do they have to change their style to do it? Well, they have not changed their style yet. Uh, I think that's something they might be working on this week in practice. Uh, they have, uh, they're have they working two different quarterbacks in practice right now in case uh, uh, Shedleski can't go. They have some wide receivers that they're, they're, they've moved around, but they have depth at the wide receiver position. So they're good there, but there's a, there's a lineman or two that are banged up that – you know, they're, they're looking to play them this week, but I don't know how effective they're going to be this week. And if not, that's where their depth issues are on the on the offense and defensive lines. Right, and that, that's going to be a big issue in this right. one. Yep. Why is Milton better this year? Is it just finally some maturation? Because obviously, defensively, last year, I mean, yep. it was the equivalent of the World War II Maginot line. Right, that's, you're right. No, I think that's that's part of it, the maturation. And you know what? It's their second year in Coach uh, Davis's system, and I think that's a big thing, too. And these kids got a little confidence last year with winning at the end of the year. They picked up a win this year, and, you know, they have some athletes. They have some really good athletes on their team, and I think uh, they're, they're feeling good about themselves right now. All right, so what will be some things that you'll look for in the first quarter and a half, Greg, that will give you an indication of the direction this game's going in? The offense and defensive lines, If who wins that battle? I think if Lewisburg plays up to their capability in the offense and defensive line and Max Moyers rushes for his 100, 150 yards during the game, that Lewisburg will be fine. I think that will be the key to the game. All right, then, if, okay, then Milton's style of play. What will tip you off that Milton's playing its game and can have its way? Well, that it's a question of who's their quarterback. Right. If, if their quarterback's back and they run their spread offense and throw the, throw the ball and spread everyone out and run and throw with that option – that that's going to be the key to the game. If if Phil Davis does not quarterback, and uh, Kamar Bradley is their quarterback, they're more of a run team, which will play into Lewisburg's hands because they'll be able to cheat up to the line of scrimmage and and hopefully contain them that way. So I think with Phil Davis, if he quarterbacks, that's gonna that's gonna be a big plus for Milton because he literally spreads them out and and they can use their athletes. Has Lewisburg been able to stay away from the big penalty, the big mistake? I mean, have they been able to stay within themselves during the course of a game? For pretty much this year, they've done that. The first game against Seelsgrove, they had two big penalties. But other than that, they've been in pretty good shape with penalties. They, they've been, they've kept their composure some some uh, situations, and uh, they've been able to stay away from that, the big play, realistically. I mean, is this a, a little bit older team now? I mean, because oh. I mean, there's so many years where Lewisburg's yep. had such young teams. It's a little bit older now? Yep, they have four of their starting offensive linemen are seniors. Uh, two of their wide receivers are seniors. Their quarterback's a, a junior, but he's played started three years. So they have a veteran team. Their linebacking core has uh, two juniors and two seniors in it. So, yeah, it's a veteran team. Can this game determine the direction of a season? I believe this is an important game for them uh, for the rest of the year. I, I really think Lewisburg can be competitive in every game the rest of the year. 
but this game is going to show them not having uh, Farinado in the game this week. I mean, he's definitely out for the week. If uh, To give them confidence that they can play without their playmaker, I think will be a big step for Lewisburg to take this week. Greg, it's always a pleasure. Thanks so much. Appreciate Thank you. it. Again, you'll hear the game of 100.9 The Valley coming up on Friday night, and the uh, Seals Grove broadcast will be on uh, Eagle 107. And let's bring in now the voice of Shikolami football, Kevin Hur. Kevin, welcome back. Thank you, Steve. Appreciate it. Uh, 11 quarters, no points. Why? Well, they've been trying to find the right mix. It's, uh, you know, you talk about teams that are older or younger, and this is a team that has some experience at the varsity level, but not a ton of snaps. It's only been late in the game, maybe last year, where they would get in and get some snaps. Uh, Lost a lot of key players to graduation, and these guys are just starting to feel a little bit more comfortable with what they're doing. The problem is... I don't know if the skill set matches the type of offense that Chickalamie has run the last couple of years, and I think that's why we saw Coach Todd Tilford kind of go back to the wing tee, uh, not only to give defenses a little bit more to prepare for, but also give them an opportunity to be able to move the ball a little bit more effectively with the players that they have. Okay, uh, which then brings the point. They knew what the players were going to be in the spring. So what was the purpose behind making a switch here and there? Wouldn't it be to match the talent? Well, and that's why I think they did that this past week, uh, because they have not been able to move the ball the way they have in past years. Uh, I think they had a little bit of success in the seven-on-sevens over the summer, but it's been a timing issue. You know, When, when they go back to run the, uh, the spread option and, and run the, the pistol, there haven't been a whole lot of time to give the quarterback an opportunity to read. Some of that has to do with some of the patchwork they've done with the offensive line and, and some of the work in progress that that offensive line is right now. What kind of role is field position played as well as penalties? The first down penalties are the one thing that that really would frustrate you as a coach, and Chickalamie has seen quite a few of those. Five-yard penalties making it first and 15, and then all of a sudden you have a no-gain play, and now it's second and 15, and you're already behind the eight ball, and it happened quite a bit over the first three games of the season. Once they get some of those false start penalties uh, taken care of, then all of a sudden you're looking at a a more manageable third down. I think that's a big key for Chickalamie in any game this year is avoiding the first and 15s. Obviously, you've done 20 of these in your lifetime, so what's the emotion of this game compared to other games? You know, this is one of those games that you could go 1-9 and nine in the season, and this would be the game everybody would talk about. You wouldn't talk about 1-9. and nine. You'd talk about the year that you beat Sealands Grove because of this, or the year that, you know, the, the year that, in, if you're in Sealands Grove's case, the year Sealands Grove beat Shikolami because of that. It doesn't matter what the record is. This game will define a season uh, even if you have a poor season, a poor year. And I think that's the way uh, Shikolami's coming into this. This is an opportunity for them to hit the reset button and get things on track again for the uh, middle part of the season. Is this a defining game? 
In many ways, I think it is uh, this early in the season. I think it's a defining game and where Shikalimi is going to dig deep and find where they stand as a football team. I think right now they're starting to develop a few leaders here and there. Evan Bingaman, we've seen him step up a little bit on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Ulysses Mercado's also done a really nice job on the defensive side of the ball. Now they're looking for somebody to become the playmaker on the offensive side of the ball when Lucas Tilford isn't at quarterback or isn't on the field. Uh, you know, when you look at a game like this, uh, first quarter and a half, what will you be looking for in the first quarter and a half that tells you they've got a shot? I think Shikalimi needs to come out on that first series and put the ball in the end zone. They need a confidence boost right now. Um, the last several weeks have been very frustrating. They've been able to move the ball but haven't been able to finish drives. As you mentioned, field position have, had, have caused them a lot of problems. They've given up a lot of short fields, uh, a lot of short drives to opposing offenses. If they can move the ball down the field, come up with, a, come up with points of any kind whatsoever, that will be a big boost for this team, and I think that will make a big difference into how the outcome of the game is. How much pressure has the defense felt because the offense hasn't been able to put points on the board? <laughs> that's that's a really good question because you compare if you compare that to last year, last year's defense scored seven turnover touchdowns. That's interception returns for a touchdown, fumble returns for a touchdown, and that's not even including special teams. So the bar was set really, really high last year. This defense doesn't necessarily have, has not had those kind of opportunities to get those kind of big time takeaways and you know be able to keep you in games that are tight. I think a great example of that is Loyal Sock a year ago. We just had that game last week. Shikalami was down several times in that game, but got some big defensive turnovers. One was a strip six for a touchdown and ended up being the defining moment in that game. And this defense is um, had some big shoes to fill with that particular defense last year. Well, it's going to be exciting and interesting. So, good luck with it tomorrow night for you and the you and the coach. Appreciate it. It's all you know. No matter what the records are, this is always an entertaining game, and it's going to be a packed house, no question. Yep, big house tomorrow night. Here's how it plays out tomorrow. It'll be uh, Lewisburg taking on Milton tomorrow. Yeah, that game will be on 100.9 the Valley. And then Sealands Grove and Chickalemi, Eagle 107 will have the Sealands Grove broadcast beginning at 6. And uh, Kevin and the coach Dick Court here on News Radio 1070. WKOK will have the Chickalemi broadcast starting at 6.30. And, of course, you'll be on Facebook, Snap, something, <laughs> Insta, I may, yeah, whatever. We may do a Facebook Live tomorrow. We haven't done one in a couple of weeks. We may do one next uh, this time. Oh, that explains the complaints. All right, so. <laughs> all right, thanks, Kevin. Thanks a lot, Steve. We'll come back with more in a moment. Today's show driven by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Our thanks to Zach Showers and also to Greg Wetzel, Kevin Herr for our high school football previews. Again, it'll be Lewisburg and Milton. You'll hear that game on 100.9 The Valley. Uh, that's coming up on Friday night. 6.30 will be the airtime, 7 o'clock the kickoff. And then Sealands Grove and Chickalemi. Eagle 107 will have that game beginning at 6 with a 7 o'clock kickoff. And News Radio 1070 WKOK with the Chickalemi broadcast at 7 with a 6.30 airtime as well. And 
Kevin threatening to do some sort of Facebook thing. I, you know, I mean, does Zuckerberg know? I mean, just, I mean seriously. All right. So that's what we have coming up tomorrow, and it leads into a big weekend of college football, uh, which includes uh, Bucknell. They've got one coming up this weekend as well. Brutal schedule for Bucknell coming up. Uh, brutal. I mean, Penn, Villanova. I mean, wow. It starts at Villanova Cross. Penn this week, yeah. Yep. Yeah, Penn and Franklin Field this week. Yep. And uh, Doug and Kevin will have that game for you in Eagle 107. Steelers on 100.9, the Valley. Eagles on Eagle 107. Penn State football Saturday at uh, noon with a 10.30 airtime as the Nittany Lions take on Kent State. Alan Moff is going to join us. One of the writers who covers uh, Kent State football is going to join us in the next half hour. Audrey Snyder from The Athletic in the final half hour. Uh, we have baseball underway today, including Colorado leading Arizona one nothing. The uh, Phillies will play tonight. Uh, what a rough stretch this has been for Philadelphia. Wow. It's just after you have such a great start. And look, I don't blame Gabe Kapler for being positive about his team. I mean, not in the least. I have no problem with a, with a manager or a coach being positive. Not in, at all. They want to keep that, you know, a feeling going and stay away from the negativity. I mean, I got that. I think I probably would be taking the same tact. But it has been a rough, rough time for the Phillies here down the stretch. Right now, the Rockies lead the Diamondbacks 2-1, bottom of the third. Mets and Marlins 2-2, top of the fourth. Cubs and Nationals just getting underway. And by the way, there's a college football game that's getting underway as well at 4 o'clock. Old Dominion and Charlotte are playing. Because that game was supposed to be Saturday with Hurricane Florence coming in. They moved it to today at 4.